0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever, to get $100 off your ticket.
1: How much am I going to actually have to put into the home itself if I need to get it rent ready? Or how long is, is it going to be before I have to replace the roof, all the major systems?
0: but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a Uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, So if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. When you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt and, uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects best ever listeners hello hello welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm joe Fairless. this is a show where we cut out all that fluffy stuff we've spoken to barbara corcoran from shark tank robert Kiyosaki, rich dad poor dad we have a a lot of best ever guests lined up who you've heard of and some who you haven't heard of but you need to hear of. And um, with us today, we have a wonderful best ever guest. And the approach today is going to be how do we have a full-time job and continue to build our our real estate portfolio while keeping that full-time job. So with us today to discuss that, because she's doing it firsthand, Daria Bullock. How you doing, Daria?
1: I'm fine, Joe. How are you doing
0: today? Hey, I'm doing very well. And uh, thank you for joining us. And Daria is joining us from Gainesville, Florida, home of the Florida Gators. The, I, I was going to call them the Chompers, but that's the inside <laughs> joke with me <laughs> and my, my 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 friend. And I was like, I'd have to explain this inside joke. But home of the Florida Florida Gators. She is a full time. She's full time in the information technology industry. She's been doing that for over thirty years, so she's got a full time job. However. She invests in real estate uh, part-time on the side, and she's got three properties and I'm interested in hearing how she's acquiring these properties while having a full-time job and what her her approach is. With that being said, Dara, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Okay, thanks, Joe. I'd first, I'd like to thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's exciting time for me. I guess I, I started out as a computer science major, and like I said, over 30 years, that has pretty much been my focus. Uh, the first house, I consider it grandfathered into my portfolio because I ended up keeping it, and instead of moving away and selling like a lot of people do, I for no reason really just decided to keep it. I think at the time, I did not want to have to deal with trying to learn what do I need to do to sell this property because it was my first property that I purchased. So then I would have to figure out, well, how do I sell this? And I had already accepted a position out of town and I needed to move quick. So I found a property manager, put it under there you know, for rental, and they had been taking care of it ever since. Now, I have had a, another property manager since then because the original uh, individual just didn't want to do the work anymore. And then I went on with my career. For over 30 years, it's been in information technology. Uh, I'm a senior database administrator now for a a local company here in Gainesville. Um, Prior to that, it's pretty much been programming, project management, installation of systems. So probably just about anything that you can think of within information technology, I have actually done. Now, surprisingly, a couple of years ago, I decided to buy property. And it was just getting into it just a little bit at a time. I started reading books. I'm actually reading a really great book now about negotiating uh, real estate as far as contracts and dealing with property managers and, you know, making sure that, you know, the deals that you're going after are those that are
0: truly going to work for you.
1: What book is it? Uh, it's a book by Robert Irwin. It's called uh, Tips and Traps for Negotiating Real Estate. Tips
0: and, uh, and- Traps for Negotiating Real Estate. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes, I picked this one up because as a negotiator, I've always looked at myself as not really being good at it. And I guess that's not true because as I look back on my career, I have always had to negotiate something. But for some reason, just in thinking about dealing with, like say a for sale by owner and dealing with that individual and speaking to them, right away I'm thinking, I do not know how to negotiate this. (laughs) So I started looking for books that would help me with what I look at as as a fear, and we all need to get over those fears. So it's trying to find the books. Bigger Pockets has been an immense uh, education. It's got some great people out there on the forum. Uh, I've learned from a lot of individuals. Uh, I like to learn, and I also like to pass on what I've learned in hopes that it would help somebody else.
0: Really quick on the tips and traps for negotiating real estate, and and by the way, best ever listeners, the uh, link to that book, you can just click in the show notes page. If if you wanna if you wanna go get that book. But what what's one thing you've learned from that book?
1: Just in negotiation that everything is negotiable. And it's essentially sitting down and presenting your side with the individual individuals that you're negotiating with and finding out whether or not that would be something that would be amenable between the two of you. It doesn't necessarily mean that because what the other side has written down on paper that you have to necessarily agree with. So that, that was a big takeaway for me. Um, I think it's a, a fantastic book. I really do. I have several others that are waiting in the wings. Like, I think my <laughs> first book was I just went to the library because I really didn't know where to start. And like I said, I bought the house two years ago and it, this was before I found bigger pockets. This was before I started reading all of the real estate books and buying them. And I went and found an agent, and I explained to her what I wanted to do because I knew where I wanted to go. It was just what were the steps that I needed to take in order to get there. And I bought this house. It's been rented out and it's doing well. I said, okay, well that worked. So let me try and find another one. So I found another single family home uh, in a different part of town. Again, uh, bigger pockets has been immense education for me because. I'm actually learning how to run my numbers correctly. How do I know that I'm actually getting into a good investment? I think I was blessed because uh, these two investments actually are working out very well. Now, there have been some things like, I don't know, lawn care. I know I see a lot of people talk about the different things that they have to pay for that they wish they knew before they got into it because they wouldn't have done it because it affects our cash flow. I mean, let's, let's face it, if you can get the tenants to do the lawn, or if you don't really have a lawn and a lot of trees, then you're not you're not paying that expense. So that's more money in your pocket. So these are the things that they haven't hurt me, but I do look at them as a, it's a learning curve. So I go out now and with that in mind, I look at a lot of things now that I'm thinking ahead of time. How is this going to affect my cash flow? You know, is this going to be something that I can be satisfied with in the long run? So uh, it it's been it's been a good learning curve. I wouldn't say that I have run across anything that has been too detrimental and just I was just sorry that I took this path.
0: Let's talk about the two properties you have in Gainesville. Sure. Uh, what what are what are the numbers on let's talk about the first one. What what are the numbers on the first one?
1: Well, what, what do you want to know? What I purchased it for and what, a, what am I bringing in now?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. What you purchased it for What's it rent for and how much did it cost to get it ready for a tenant?
1: Okay, actually didn't really cost a whole lot. It was probably under 100 $150 to get it ready because I was looking for a property that I didn't have to do a lot to. I didn't know anything about fixing and flipping. I didn't really know a whole lot as far as rehab. I took a lot of my experience from the first house that I had in Maryland, which I lived in, and the things that I did. And then I also took from... My primary residence here are the things that I did as far as what I would have to replace. So I knew going into this, I wanted to try and find something that was rent-ready. And this one pretty much was. I didn't have to put a roof on. I didn't have to do HVAC. Um, essentially, it was just painting. I mean, that came like in the next year. But to get it rent-ready, it was probably about one hundred hundred fifty dollars because I did a lot of the cleaning and the work myself. I, I paid one hundred twenty nine dollars for it, $129,000. It's uh-huh. a three-bed, two-bath in a neighborhood that is not necessarily student rental. So my target was families and professionals. Um, I would say, I guess, a non-student base because that could could be a lot of individuals. So yeah, so it's a three-bed, two-bath, about 1,500 square feet. Got a beautiful yard, and this was one of the learning experiences. Because of the beautiful yard and all the butches and hedges, I have to pay for that. (laughs) So that was was an extra cost uh, that I didn't realize at the time. And I think it's about 10% now. I charged 13.40. I increased it about 5.2% uh, as a result of redoing the kitchen. Um, it's a 1983 built home. Very good bones. So mm-hmm. everything about it was excellent and it met my criteria, knowing that later on I would want to remodel the mat- bathroom and the kitchen and things like that. But everything else about it it met the criteria for being able to move somebody in immediately. So so far, I've had two renters, two different renters, and the renters that are there now, uh, those tenants are actually signed on for a two-year lease. So I I have them in there until 2017, which is great.
0: And what what's the how much is the lease for over those two years?
1: Uh, for the the rent.
0: Yeah, monthly rent.
1: Oh, monthly rent. It's uh 1340.
0: Thirteen forty. Yeah. All right. And does it increase in year two?
1: No, I decided because they had already rented for a year, just to leave it at the thirteen forty in that area. That is pretty much the market. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't, didn't want to scare them away because that's the thing too. Is I have renters. The, the, the tenants are really good. They did understand in terms of the increase, and they didn't have a problem with that. So, they, I allowed this sign on for another two years and just lock them in at that number. And that way they're assured that it's not going to go up in the second year. Mm-hmm. And they were comfortable with that.
0: What, what type of mortgage do you have on it? A 30-year?
1: Yeah, it's a 30-year 30, thirty year fixed. And yeah. that rate was, let me see, what was that one? That one was actually
0: 3.25 in interest. Oh, cha-ching. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of shopping around. Thank you. I'm I'm clapping. You hear that? You hear that? That's that's (laughs) me clapping over here for you. (laughs) Nice work on that. Where did you get it? You said you did a lot of shopping.
1: I did a lot of shopping around, and I and I ended up going through Wells Fargo. Uh, They at the time had they had the better rate, and you know what I refer to as I guess junk fees. They they weren't doing that at the time, but. Any lending institution, they can either at any point in time decide this is what our fees are going to be. They're either high or low, and you know we accept them or we go to another lending institution to try and find out what their fees are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I shopped around and shopped around, and they had the better deal. So I went with them.
0: What about your second deal?
1: Um, the second deal was about the same. I paid one twenty five for it. It rents for thirteen hundred. Uh, which is actually a little bit higher than that market. And these are two completely different markets. They're, the homes are on opposite ends of the town. And this one rents for thirteen hundred a month. These tenants have also been in for a year, and they decided that they would want they wanted to renew. Uh, and I kept that one the same. I did not count at the area. Rents weren't really increasing. Uh, and Mine mm-hmm. was a little bit higher. Um, so and I waited because I had that. I had that rate, and I, and I said, well, you know, let me leave it there and, and see what happens. It did sit for a few months, uh, and then these tenants came along, and they loved the property. Now, I had a lot of people looking at it uh, because I don't do pets in the property, whether it's inside or outside. Uh, that kind of narrowed what my tenant base was going to be, and, and I understood that, but I've had that experience of allowing pets, and that didn't go over too well. So that's the reason why I have a no pet policy, and I love I love pets myself. I mean, I, I love you know I love dogs, but I just find that other people don't really care for what's not theirs. The same as what you do, and I would hope that when they actually do get into their own property, that they treat it a little bit better.
0: When you look at the different ways of because you mentioned earlier, how will this affect cash flow? You you mentioned that a couple times. When you look at the different types of income streams that you can create, or uh, that you can, you know, income streams where the expenses are affected by uh, certain things, what's one or two income streams or expenses that you either maximize or minimize, respectively, on these properties?
1: I guess the first thing for me is I start by looking at a property. I look at the landscape. And, and again, my mindset has changed completely from the beginning of acquiring the last two properties to today and what I've looked at in between. So I look at the landscape. I think about what is that cost going to be? And I know in a lot of different areas, it's that particular market. You know, are you going to have the tenants pay for this? Or are you as the landlord owner, are you going to pay for this and, and have to eat that cost? So landscaping is one thing. I look at how much am I going to actually have to put into the home itself if I need to get it rent ready or how long is, is it going to be before I have to replace the roof, all the major systems. I provide all appliances, as do most people in this area. Now, I've read other areas on the forum where there are a lot of people that don't even provide refrigerator, which... Uh, to me, I guess I, I thought that that was odd, but it's not odd for that area. So obviously all markets are different. So I guess i just in trying to maximize, you know, what my, my income is that's coming in now, it's looking for the next property and those things that I believe what I need to provide for the tenant, like I said, landscaping is a big thing now because a lot of money goes for that. Um, and if I can save on not being able to do that and, and maybe get the tenant to do it or change the landscaping in such a way where there's no grass, if there aren't a whole lot of trees, if there's not a lot of grass, then you're not having to cut the grass.
0: That's what a lot of people do in Arizona.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Water so you know gets, gets sucked up so quickly from the sun and um, you see a lot of just low-maintenance landscaping with just rocks, basically. Oh, okay. But then, but then on the flip side, I um the 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 way to differentiate yourself is to have grass <laughs> in your property, <laughs> and, and then you can command premium rents. I I was speaking to a uh, a billion dollar appraiser, and he he's actually been on the show before, and he was he was talking about how the 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 places in in Phoenix where he's where he's at. And, and the episode, by the way, is episode number forty. My goal is to. Oh wait, no, that's not the episode. Um, the episode is. I'll will put the episode in the show notes link. Um, okay. But but the, uh, the 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 way he differentiate or the way he, uh, other apartment communities differentiate is simply by putting grass, and then they're able to command premium rents for for those properties. No, that's
1: that's an interesting concept, and, and I think I grapple with that too. And I probably end up just acquiescing myself to okay, I'm just not gonna do that because I'm thinking if I do this, is this gonna backfire on me? Right. And so then and then I kinda of, I backpedal and I said, No, I'm not gonna do this. I'm I look at I look at a lot of properties like everybody does and I say, Oh no, it's got this, this, this and that, this is not my criteria, I'm a little bit stringent in that and, and I'm loosening up the reins a little bit. Because like you said, you, you put that grass in, and you can command a little bit more. And but my thoughts have always been, if I if I'm not able to do it, and it's always the if, 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 if. <laughs> if I'm not able to do it, then that's going to cost me more. Yes, I can rent it out, but now I'm not covering. I'm not covering that, so my income stream. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, then it starts to get smaller.
0: Absolutely. So it's well, yeah,
1: it's a tough decision.
0: Daria, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Patience, learning patience, if you have it, then you're already probably 10 steps ahead of what most people I don't think they are. And I know personally for myself, I did not have a lot of patience. I knew that I wanted to do this because the job that I have, I I see a lot of people, they, they just want to get out of their job. And I do, but I want to get into something. It's not just getting out of the job that I'm in. It's because I want to move towards something else. I really want, I want a different career. Uh, my thoughts in supplementing this for my retirement, but it's patience. I had to find the right books. I had to talk to enough people to try and align myself with what their goals and values are with my own and, and then building relationships that way. And that takes a lot of patience. I don't necessarily, I guess, I'm the first one that's in the room and just talking to everyone. Uh, So I've had to overcome that fear, like a lot of people who can't do public speaking because of that Mm -hmm. fear, and they eventually get over it. So it's patience and being able to just continue moving forward towards the goal that you set for yourself. Sometimes you have to not listen to other people because you're going to have naysayers. Um, Then you'll have people that are aligned with you, but you still have to take that advice, I guess. Uh, you know, with a grain of salt. So, you know, listen to your inner voice, listen to yourself. Uh, I feel very blessed to be able to do this. Still have a full-time job. Uh, it's a lot stressful on myself only because it was me managing and organizing things that I needed to do because I have a full-time job, but then I'm still trying to do real estate. So I get out of work. I do as much as I can as far as reading and searching, even when I am working. So in lunchtime or sometimes I'll just take off and I'll do something and then go back to work. But it's Monday through Friday. I am someone else's individual who's working for them and not myself. So all of that takes patience.
0: Agreed. And that's that's certainly one of the most challenging aspects. It's so darn true, but it's uh, one of the most challenging things to reconcile inside our minds, to have that patience um, yeah. And then balance that with uh, the the desire and the drive and to make things happen at the same time because I, I think it should be you, you should have the patience but you should also not wait for things to happen. And I think the, the I think the main takeaway for for me at least with that is uh, real estate takes time. It's not an overnight thing. And as long as we continue to methodically, be methodical about it and methodically do things the, the, the way that uh, we know how to do them based on our own experience, the books, and the people that we've surrounded ourselves with. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partner. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read?
1: Best ever book that I've read. But probably the book that I'm reading now the Tips and Traps for Negotiating Real Estate by Robert Irwin. Started out reading from the library the foreclosure book. Uh, but so far, with what I've read that I've had under my belt, I would have to say that the Negotiating book is the best one ever. It taught me a lot of things.
0: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it?
1: Having more confidence in myself. What I've learned from it is that anything is achievable. I mean, you can attain anything by just making sure that you continue on you know, with the goals that you have set and moving forward.
0: Best ever deal you've done?
1: I don't know that I've actually hit the best ever deal yet. I guess when I when I get that apartment complex, then I can probably answer that.
0: Best ever way you like to give back?
1: Teaching, which odd for me, I didn't think was not my forte, but I'm finding that it's a hidden talent. I love research, so I go and I talk to others, and then when I see a question like I started in the forum, actually answering a lot more, asking more questions, uh, but I think teaching. I think teaching other people
0: and just to uh, clarify when you mention the form, you're talking about the, BiggerPockets forum, just, yes, just the bigger pockets form. Just for the best of listeners. Form. Just so they know. Yes, cool. Yes, the L- and, yep. Huge huge fan of bigger pockets myself. Best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you?
1: Through the bigger pockets. I'm there. My email is there. If you wanna send me a private message um to be a colleague, then by all means, please do so.
0: And then what's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate?
1: Well, that's a a tough one. Uh, I don't think that I've made any mistakes yet that have been detrimental. I know some that I was about to make as far as some purchases that I see that would not have been good and aligned with what my my, um, buying strategies are.
0: Well, Daria, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being a guest on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about How you're growing your portfolio methodically, using patience and buying properties in Gainesville, as well as you know you have that condo um, that you've had for a a while, but the the most more recent purchases and how you're doing it. You're doing it. It's not rocket science, right? You're 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 doing it. You're following the you're following the uh, proven path of educating yourself, knowing uh, what you want to purchase and reading many books on on the subject and learning. The, the one thing that, that stood out to me is, well, there are a couple, but one of them, as I was taking notes, was maximizing your cash flow and always asking yourself, how will this affect the cash flow? Then taking a look at your market and knowing what amenities there are or are expected of your residents or of the landlord to provide. One of them you said was the appliances. Some markets do supply them. Some people don't. So here's the takeaway for the Best Ever listeners. Know what your market expectations are for the amenities and then determine how can you enhance your cash flow based on those expectations. Maybe your market doesn't, uh, require or, or do, the residents don't expect you to provide the, the refrigerator. And so perhaps there's a way that you can, um, either buy a fridge or do some sort of rent a center deal and, but do it privately where you buy it and then they rent it from you. Uh, or there's a lease to own. Who knows? There's, there's so many different creative options on appliances or on, you know different things they could lease from you. Uh, one of one of the things that, uh, whenever I was meeting with my mastermind group here in Cincinnati, they they mentioned that someone came to uh, to speak to a conference here locally, and they were talking about how they offer their residents packages where it's you know an entertainment package upon move in uh, for just this much more a month, um, and then they have like a, a, a different type of package. And what it does is they're able to charge a premium for rent by upgrading, upgrading, quote unquote, with the certain you know, amenities for, for the property. So we're only limited by our creativity uh, for how to maximize the income. And you, you, uh, you, 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 you honing in on that question really inspired me to think that way. And I appreciate you mentioning that. And thanks so much for being on the show and we will talk soon. Hope you have a best ever day. Well,
1: thank you so much, Joe, for having me. I really appreciate it. I feel honored.
0: If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.